friends, it's Shauna, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. This is your place and your time, mama, to just slow down. Just like, let's slow down. Let's simplify things. I want to help you simplify your home, your heart, and your life so that you can have more time, less distractions, more energy, and space to show up for what's really important to you, what really matters to you, what is in line with who you want to be, your personal values, and how you want to show up. So before we jump in today, I want to remind you that I have this self-paced course you have been asking for over the years, the Life on Purpose Roadmap. This is the course you need if you want to get started with intentional living. And I mean intentional living, like feeling like you have a purpose in your big whole life, but also acting that out on the daily level. So this course guides you through knowing what you want in the nine areas of your life, setting out your personal values, planning your day, and relying on more than just willpower because willpower is a myth, guys, (laughs) and I bust that myth in this course, and putting it all into action. So as with these podcasts and everything I do, I'm a mom on the go like you guys, so I make it small and condensed, jam-packed. All of the lessons are about 20 minutes, and you can just stream the audio like a podcast. One of my students just emailed me the other day to let me know she listens in her car while her kids are at skating lessons. She brings in her workbook, and she does a bit in there, and I just love it because finding these pockets of time to do the work can be possible. It's It can even be easy, I dare say. So if you want more direction, clarity, and motivation in living your life with more purpose and feeling in control of your life rather than feeling like your life controls you, then head on over to the lifeonpurposeacademy.ca and click the Life on Purpose Roadmap. Today I'm sharing a live Q&A that I have done in the Facebook community group last month. So a few times each month I ask the members for questions and sometimes it's on a certain topic, then I come on and answer them live. Because I want this Facebook community to be a place for you to go a little bit deeper, get deeper support. This is a place where you can share your wins, sharing what works. It's a place where you can get ideas from other moms. So I'm often trying to generate that conversation, asking questions throughout the week. Sometimes we set intentions together about how we're going to show up on the weekend or during the week. And I'm doing these Q&As. So in this Q&A, I'm answering questions about putting your head in the sand. We've all been there. Planning your day finding the time when it feels like it's hard to find the time, and changing your thoughts and behaviors. So here is the Q&A from January 20th. I'm going to answer your questions today. This is our Q&A time. Let me open up some of these windows. Got your questions here. So I'll start with the first question. How do you deal with the what if I need this one day thought while decluttering? And this question was so good, I'm going to actually record a podcast on that today. So stay tuned. The other question, and I feel like it was a statement, just a very relatable statement. It feels easier to stick your head in the sand. And who can relate to that? Of course, it's easier. Your brain doesn't want to stay where you are and do the hard work and feel uncomfortable and feel the pain. And sticking your head in the sand, sometimes it's a way of avoiding experiencing negative emotion. More often though, it's a stress response because when we are stressed, we're gonna do one of three things often. The first one is we fight. And that's a way that we try to control the threat. We're defensive, we're aggressive, we're resisting that threat. Maybe it's a person most often. We're going to flight. We're going to try to control the environment. And what we're doing is we are adjusting our environment to reduce the threat's presence or the, the threat wanting to be there. So we are in a state of stress, we're micromanaging. Sometimes we leave, sometimes we don't. 
and the other one is we freeze. We try to control ourselves. So we're going to control the threat, control the environment, or control ourselves. And that is when we ignore it. We avoid it. We kind of just withdraw, shut down. And just recognizing that in yourself, knowing that this is my stress response. This is how I often deal with stress. The types that often withdraw the most when it comes to the Enneagram are the types nines, the type five, and I think the type four, um, they will most often go into a freeze response. So maybe even knowing a bit about yourself when it comes to the Enneagram, if you want help with that, let me know. But just knowing this is my stress response gives you so much more leverage over it because then when you're doing it, you can be like, oh, I'm stressed right now. What might've put me here? What do I need right now? What kind of needs can I meet for myself? I really like that question because that is my stress response as well. <laughs> How about this? Or I used to think having routines or a detailed day plan was too rigid and not spontaneous. And then you went on to share. And now I see that they make me feel calm. And this is fascinating because I used to feel the same way. I thought if I made some kind of like hourly agenda, that that was going to be rigid. And I think the problem was I just didn't trust myself to follow an agenda. I, at first I thought it had to be complicated, like by the hour and doing all the things I don't really want to do and I'm going to write them down. And then I know myself, I'm not going to have enough willpower and discipline to do these things written on my agenda. So there's just more evidence that I can't trust myself, that I am not dedicated enough or disciplined enough or motivated enough. That whole idea of a plan being used for that was not fun, <laughs> not fun at all. So I decided to make planning something that worked for me, something that made my life easier instead of more daunting. And I, I've shared many times that I started planning when all of my kids were at home. I'd never planned before. And I just felt like life was out of control. We were just reactive. Planning meals was a big thing that helped. Just knowing like, okay, I have a plan for dinner. We don't have to eat ketchup, ketchup chips over the kitchen sink at four, yelling at everybody about what we're going to eat and is there a vegetable. And then I also planned an activity, like an activity we could do not every day, just often, just getting that on paper. And then me and Connor started having planning meetings together where we were planning time for ourselves, things we wanted to do in the week that he was home. And it became a way of us to protect the time for the things we wanted to happen. Like if I knew I was gonna get time to go be alone for like an hour on a Saturday, I was so much more calm when I was parenting hard on the Friday because I knew this was coming up for me. When my kids are like, what's happening today? What's happening? Or they're bored and they're crazy. I can be like, this is what's happening. Like, this is where we're working towards. I felt so much more in control. And then it just became this place that I would always look, my planner, like I've got one here, got a planner up here. Every day I check it out. What do I need to do today? What's coming up? What will make my life easier? Um, so planning makes your life easier. It really does. It makes space for what's important to you. You don't have to write all the things that you don't really want to do on days you don't really want to do them. Like, don't start like that. Don't start planning like that. You can work your way up to that if you want. Um, there is a module if you are in the Life on Purpose Roadmap that walks you through this on planning strategies. The next question, how do I find time to do the work I need to do in order to find purpose? I can't even get through one of your podcasts without being interrupted or feeling like I need to get up and get work done around the house. The only time I really have to myself is before bed and then I'm tired. So I can see that there's just so much mental chatter around how hard this is. So that is your cue that your brain really believes this story that it's hard 
and it's looking for a lot of evidence that it's true because whatever we think, whatever we believe, our brain is a confirmation bias to seek the evidence that we are correct. But is this thought serving you? Is this thought of how hard it is, is it serving you? Because when you think this is so hard, I can't even get through one podcast, how do you feel? How does that thought make you feel? It makes you feel defeated. And then how do you show up? How do you show up when you're defeated? What do you do? What do you not do? Because we often make hard things even harder when we show up from a defeated place. And you, you're even letting yourself play into this when you say, I feel like I need to get up and get the work done. Like that is optional. So in order for you to make an adjustment, you need to believe first that it's not going to be so hard. This won't be so hard because then how will you feel? If you're not telling yourself how hard it is, if you're telling yourself it's possible, you're going to feel more hopeful. And how do you show up when you feel hopeful? Because we are motivated by feelings, guys. We do everything based on how we feel. We act, we don't act, we take action, we're energized, we're not energized. We do everything based on how we feel. And what, in, what triggers our feelings, what we're thinking. If I think it's hard, I feel defeated. If I think it's possible, I feel hopeful. So redirecting your thoughts to more helpful things for you, like I'm going to make time. I'm going to find the time. And then do those things. If, if you want to make time for this, schedule it in. If you're being interrupted, how do you set boundaries to protect that time? If your brain is chattering about everything that you're doing, what do you need to remind yourself to take ownership of it rather than be a victim of it? So those are my initial ideas for you. And you can bring that back to me and tell me if you need more. And this one wasn't a question, more of a really great statement. It takes a lot more energy to change our behavior than to stick with what our natural patterns are. Remembering to take time for myself and be patient when making these changes is tough and it's okay to not be perfect. I love so much of this because this is like the long game. This is like where we get to as we start going through making change and we have all or nothing thinking and we're feeling defeated and we're measuring success in really hard ways. And then we get to this point where it doesn't have to be perfect. It wasn't about doing it perfectly after all. And when it comes to changing how we're thinking and showing up, I often tell people it's like redirecting a river. And I was a big geology nerd in high school and in college. And what we learn in geology is as the glaciers melt and they're creating new rivers, these rivers, they're young and they're broad and they just like fan over the landscape and they're, they're like just broad and braiding along. And then they hit some soft sediment and they start to kind of groove down into that. And then these new rivers, they go deeper, 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 stronger, faster. And they're carving through the landscape and they've carved this pathway. And now we want to take that river and it's established and we want to redirect it. Well, we have to start eroding new rock. This is so nerdy, right? <laughs> so nerdy. But in, in order for us to be redirecting into showing up in new ways, learning new ways of showing up, um, finding more peace in our parenting, like we need to learn how to have the persistence of redirecting and redirecting and pushing through that because our brain has learned it already. It's on autopilot. You know, a great example of our brain being on autopilot is I drive this path to my house and come up the hill and they put a new stop sign in at one of the spots and I <laughs> missed that stop sign so many times when it was brand new last year because my brain is just like, and then we turn, and then we turn, and then we turn. This is like learning a new thought, learning a new way of showing up, deciding to live from your values and doing that work is going like stop sign, stop sign, stop sign. Okay, stop sign. And you're not going to nail it every time. But now my new habit is to stop at the stop sign. 
So that it takes a lot of energy to change behavior. Yes, your brain doesn't want to do the hard work. And remembering to take time for myself and be patient, that making changes tough. I love that self-talk. That is just so, so mothering. I just love it. And it's okay to not be perfect. Guys, it was never about being perfect after all. Do you have questions that you want support on? Bring them over to me in the Simple on Purpose Facebook community. We have done recent Q&As on decluttering, the Enneagram. I'm planning to do one on finances, not because I'm a financial guru, but because I'm going to be sharing some upcoming episodes interviewing the Atkins from the Millennial Mission on their debt-free journey. So I want to keep that discussion going in the Facebook group as well. For the questions you heard today, one of them was on planning, and I talked a lot because it's one of my favorite topics. You heard me outline a lot of ways that planning has helped me in my life, and I have a whole module on that in the Life on Purpose Roadmap. We talk about your relationship to planning, how to bring balance into your life, then I give you multiple strategies on how to plan your years, your seasons, your week, and your day. Can you hear that going on in the background? We're doing bathroom rentals, so bear with us here. I have no idea how to edit that out. <laughs> we'll just roll with it, guys. So I also have in the Life on Purpose Roadmap a bonus video where I run you through all of the planners I've used over the years. Yes, I save them. Yes, I'm a minimalist, but I still save things that I enjoy looking at and going back into. So I run through how I've used these planners, what I liked about them, what worked, what worked for different seasons of my life. It's just a very elaborate module all about planning. One of my favorite topics. If you're interested in the Life on Purpose Roadmap, go check it out, Life on Purpose Academy. Me.ca, click the Life on Purpose Roadmap. And remember, it's never too late to start living your life on purpose. <laughs>